Today's episode of The Ship We Shay is recorded on Gadigal land. We acknowledge and pay respects to the traditional custodians of the land, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest podcast, The Shift. I'm Shay Candish, the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association's General Secretary and the host of this show. Critical care nursing is a highly specialised and professional career path for nurses. The decisions critical care nurses make are often the difference between life and death, and being able to make those decisions in an informed and ethical way is key to the work that all nurses do. Today, I'm so pleased to be joined by the National Nurse Educator at the Australian College of Critical Care Nurses, Kylie Thompson. Kylie's had over a decade-long history of working as an ICU educator before jumping over to the ACCCN to work on delivering up-to-date and relevant education catering to the critical care nursing workforce. For those who might not have heard of ACCCN, it's the Australian College of Critical Care Nurses. It's a not-for-profit membership-based organisation representing over 2,300 nurses nationally. The college's members work across the critical care clinical spectrum, uh, principally in the area of intensive care in clinical education, management and research roles. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kylie. How are you going? Oh, good, thanks. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. It's great to have you. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about all things critical care today. Um, Do you want to start by telling us for the listeners who are out there a bit more about critical care, what it covers, um, and a bit about your experience in critical care? Okay. Um, Look, my background is heavily intensive care, um, but certainly the the term critical care is much more um, encompassing and and much more broad. uh, And, you know, it it touches on, you know, a variety of terms because, you know, working across Australia, there's a variety of different um, setups and different hospitals, but certainly anything that, you know, close observation, high dependency, um, you know, you've got your mix of rural and remote, which usually attract a little bit more um, independent um, workforce sort of um, directions and stuff. Um, you know, critical care, you know, intensive care is one of the, the, the strong points. Um, it can even touch on emergency. Um, and, and certainly, you know, we do like that um, varied experience that um, comes with critical care. Yeah. yeah, nice. And so tell me, why critical care? Like, what is it about that particular area of nursing, and I suppose specifically ICU, um, that you've really kind of connected with and that you've been, um, you know, it's obviously kept you there for the, the vast majority of your career. So what is it that you love about it that gets you out of bed every day? Uh, look, intensive care, when I was in the hospital setting particularly, was it was something where I felt I, I could do everything for my patient, you know, put everything into care for the day with them. Um, you know, you, you're very, um, nursing in, in intensive care, I guess, has a, a bit of a independent nature to it. Um, certainly it's a very multidisciplinary, you know, setting on top of that, but you're the nurse at the bedside, you're directing a lot of the care. And I, I really liked the, um, diversity and the the challenges that came with that you know the the very busy you know unwell patient um you know and being able to hopefully at the end of the day make them look a a little bit better you know and you know get their family in and you know try and you know um have that sort of connection and um and and 
you know, provide that holistic care for, for those patients. So, and, and I think we have the, the time to do that to some degree in intensive care too, in that, in that clinical setting. Um, the environment sort of allows for it. Um, and there, there is always a bit of a challenge and an exciting part of the day. Yeah, nice. Look, I want to dig into that a bit, actually. You know, um, my background was in emergency nursing and I really enjoyed the autonomy and you sort of touched on that a little bit. Mm. Um, can you talk to us a bit about that kind of independence or autonomy that you do get to have um, when you're working in ICU? And maybe, you know, your view around um, some of the work that we're sort of looking at, I suppose, around scope of practice and, you know, really kind of um, expanding or broadening scope of practice, which we do often see in a lot of those critical care roles. Do you have any thoughts about sort of your experience and what you've seen? Yeah, look, certainly in you know, in critical care in general, but you know, from my experience in intensive care, the the diversity of skills that you can develop, um, the challenging you know environment of the technology, you know all those lovely gadgets we get to play with, um, and that ever continuing professional development. You know the the idea that you're always learning, and um, always you know developing new skills and knowledge and trying to make those connections you know because we're, we're dealing with a patient who's usually quite you know th th there's more than one thing going on um, and just you know being um, that, that feeling of being able to put those connections together um, and um, you know holistically look after that patient um, certainly uh, you know, there is always that you know opportunity to, to learn um, and, and improve um, and uh, I do love that the time that we have in intensive care to do that yeah mm. and for you know I'd, I'd love to know um, your thoughts like for me I got so much job satisfaction out of you know kind of approaching um, my work in a way where I was always learning something new I was able to try different things you know definitely felt like I had a sense of making a real difference, having impact on, you know, the care that the patients receive. Um, the sense of job satisfaction that I felt was, you know, I think really, um, you know, felt very strong. Like, is would you say similar or did you have a different experience? Kind of what's your take on it? I think it's a twofold experience for me. Like when I was clinical, I definitely had that a feeling of, you know, achievement when I was, you know, particularly, you know, doing some clinical activities for the patient and, and having that hands-on approach. Um, and that was very satisfying and, and very rewarding. But as I developed, you know, also, you know, sometimes I think it's developed, sometimes it's, it looks like, you know, I stepped back um, and went into education. It's then that, that next fold of being able to help develop the nurse who's then providing the, the clinical care for that patient so and I find that quite rewarding I, I guess you know um, now because that is you know that is more my passion around education now and being able to see the development um, I can influence on nurses um, and other health professionals um, and then them being able to provide that to the patient. Yeah, fantastic. And that obviously makes complete sense that you've ended up in an education role. Um, so talk to us a bit about what that experience is like, particularly in a critical care setting when you were clinical and, um, you know, what, what you saw, what you did um, and, you know, some of the impact I suppose you've probably had on a whole bunch of kind of maybe early career nurses or um, even more senior nurses probably. 
Yeah, look, I think you're critical care because there's so much you can learn. Um, there is that need for education to be across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the idea of certainly having a very strong introduction to critical care and, you know, having that educational support was very important um, to the, the, the new nurses as they came in. Um, but certainly making sure that we're meeting um, the challenges that our mid to senior nurses are, are, are then um, facing during their professional development. Um, and so th there's so much, I guess, in, in terms of there's so much that you can be doing from education. Um, there's always the challenge of, you know, time and resources and, um, you know, being able to, you know, provide, you know, great education to, to um, our nursing staff. Um, but just being able to, in the moment, provide that the educational support, I think was sometimes quite rewarding. Um, you know, formal education, you know, your, your, your education days and that's things were, were quite fun to plan um, and, and, and host and all that sort of thing. But um, you know, sometimes, you know, getting your hands dirty a little bit, being at the bedside um, and supporting um, the, the uh, educational needs as, as they arose um, for the, the, the nurse it was quite rewarding too. Yeah, awesome. Now, I understand you were an um, educator through kind of the height of COVID. Um, talk to us about what that, that sort of experience was like. I imagine you probably spent um, quite a bit of time at the bedside and, you know, really assisting people who might be new um, to some of those critical care areas um, and supporting them uh, through, you know, what was a pretty challenging time for everyone. It, it certainly was a very challenging time. Um, and, you know, I, I guess we, we, we look back on it now and try and, you know, take what we can from uh, and learn from what we can from it. Um, I, I avoided a little bit of COVID um, with my, my second baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so I, I was on mat leave in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I remember that first um, uh, sense of panic, I think, um, around March. And mm. I was on I was on leave from about May, but that, that March, it's like, oh my God, you know, COVID is coming. Um, and we were, we were running around going, okay, who wants to work in ICU when the surge happens, basically? You know, mm. we're going to need more bodies. Um, and it was interesting to see who was, um, you know, who was willing to come back into the, you know, the profession, who was willing to step up. Um, we were training some casual nurses um, who you know, had an, a passion at, at least for, for critical care. Um, and I guess that was our first target area. Um, but it was still quite challenging to when, you know, our, our mindset around a transition to specialty practice like critical care was, um, you know, over six to 12 months usually, you know, we're trying to do it in a few weeks mm. um, and trying to get these nurses comfortable in the environment, which was quite different to, um, you know, the, the ward sort of settings that they were coming from. And so the types of people that kind of were coming back, were they kind of previous sort of critical care retired nurses maybe or were they people who have worked completely out of area or or sort of what, what were you seeing? Uh, there was certainly, you know, some ex-ICU um, or ex-ED sort of, um, you know, um, critical care sort of nurses coming back, you know, and, you know, they'd either gone 
to uh, other parts of the hospital, you know, education, management, you know, or they've gone beyond the hospital uh, and run away um, mm -hmm. and then we're coming back, which yeah. was very appreciated. Um, but then I guess from the, the, the clinical environment um, who were, you know, the, the people who were still working as nurses, we were, you know, trying to get those casuals um, skilled up into a, a, a more intensive care sort of role. Um, and that was certainly our first target. Um, and then I think as the, the second and the third wave sort of came along, um, the of course theatre was basically closed um, or, or very, very low um, in, in numbers. So those nurses were, you know, being offered, you know, positions in ICU. And I think at that stage, because we were already in the height of COVID, um, we actually had even less time to, to give them support. And yeah. you know, there was certainly some elements of, uh, uh, it, it's probably some degree of post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. that they had to go through to some degree To um, and, and there was some that, you know, with all respect, they just weren't, we, we weren't able to give them the support that we could to get yeah. them into a, a ICU. Um, and uh, they worked quite effectively, you know, out on the wards because there was still a, a large number of COVID patients sitting on um, wards, um, you know, being quite unwell yeah. out, out in any ward environment too. So there was certainly a lot of challenges and, you know, we're very grateful to, to anyone who, um, you know, sort of put their hand up to, to do the training, but there wasn't a lot of time to do training. Mm -hmm. And then I think we, we flipped it around and decided that, um, this is from my own personal experience in the hospital, we looked at what the critical care nurses could change. Um, and yeah, the environment is very, um, well, it, it doesn't usually involve team nursing. Um, and then um, we did attempt to do some team nursing um, sort of setups. Um, and it was, you know, that was challenging for the critical care nurse to then, you know, adapt her usual working, you know, ways um, to a team environment. But there was some success with that also. Um, and so, I think overall it taught us that you know we had to try things, we had to be flexible, and we had to be respectful that you know it was you know a very big challenge. Mm. Um, one to deal with the the number of patients that were, were coming in with COVID, but the, the the number of patients you know that um, that was sitting in that critical care environment was, was also extra challenging. Um, so all respect to to every person who you know sort of walked in and decided that they could help us out which mm. great. yeah look it was a challenging time it, it sort of doesn't matter who you talk to what specialty what ward what hospital um everyone i think has their own unique stories about some of those sort of shifts and pivots and you know uh re reordering re-coordinating the environment over and over and over again in those early days uh it, mm. it was tough it was tough for everyone and i think we're still seeing the ramifications of it and we probably will for some time i'm sure so let's change gears a little bit um so you're not in clinical kind of nursing anymore you've moved on over to a triple cn Tell us a bit about what ACCCN is and um, what you're doing there. 
to start with, I guess, you know, those who work in the critical care um, should know, you know, or hopefully will know the ACCCN um, and the support, um, both through education, um, workforce sort of policy development um, and other sort of um, strategies, you know, the support um, and uh, I guess membership sort of collegiality that we can give to the critical care environment um, and our nurses. Uh, I guess from, from my perspective, um, I, I was a member of ACCCN for a number of years um, while I was in the clinical setting um, and it was always quite appealing there. Their ALS courses, their other educational opportunities, the conferences um, and just having that network of critical care people you know, out there, which was um, quite nice. Um, it was interesting uh, when this job became available, it was a, a completely new role for the ACCCN um, and it um, was created to really highlight the um, the direction that they wanted to head with um, you know, improving um, and further developing the educational support for our critical care nurses. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where the, the position sort of came out of. Um, and I, I remember, you know, it, it coming um, through on an email and it's just like, I think I'm ready to leave the clinical setting, which, um, you know, this is like August, October last year. Um, so I'm sure a lot of other people were having similar thoughts about mm. leaving clinical settings, you know, around about that time. Um, you know, because we, we'd all, you know, survived COVID. Um, and so when the opportunity came, it's like, I think I can do more for the critical care nursing education mm -hmm. um, by stepping into this role um, than, you know, my previous role in a, you know, a single sort of hospital environment. Um, and the idea that um, we can create more education opportunities um, and, you know, really build that um, spectrum of education for our critical care nurses um, is certainly where this role sits um, and, and what it's it's doing for the ACCCN, yeah. Yeah, nice. So I suppose as the only, I think, educator for the professional body for critical care nurses, what, what does a day, day, like average day look like? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> It's quite varied in, in terms of um, there, there's certainly a degree of, you know, um, still feeling, uh, you know, and getting used to all the, the networking and the resources that are available to me through the, the, the ACCCN. Um, from my perspective, I, I went into the role wanting to do more with my education degree than, um, you know, yeah, and those education principles that teaching your know, adult learning sort of stuff um, was certainly where my passion was. So my day looks like, you know, like a program manager to some degree, a project mm -hmm. development. Um, and, you know, I, I freely admit I'm not the content expert on every single little thing that is in the critical care world. Um, and there certainly, you know, is a wealth of people out there that then, you know, I, I have to, you know, can now work with. Um, and that's sort of um, the exciting, the very exciting part of the role is, is meeting those, those wonderful minds and then developing the education that then allows us to share their knowledge with the, the, the rest of the, the critical care 
world. Um, and, and, and day to day, you know, that can look like, um, you know, building some, some online modules, um, you know, um, you know, juggling some of the, the curriculums for the, the ALS and the other sort of face-to-face -face courses that we're doing. But certainly we're trying to continue to build that, that online um, readily accessible, easy, easily accessible, um, you know, learning opportunities for our, our critical care nurses. And it, and, but that part of the job is where I get to particularly connect with a lot of the other content experts and, and try and build a very sound education program. Yeah, nice. And so tell me, um, I'd love to understand a little more about um, the kind of national versus state, maybe not versus isn't the right word, but, you know, I think um, as a union in New South Wales, but also as a branch that's federated with all of the other states, what I see is a lot of similarity, but also some really interesting variations between what we do in New South Wales to what Vic does to what WA does. Do you see sort of similar experiences in the ICU world um, or would you say that we have a really consistent approach um, to how we deliver care uh, in, in all of those different state settings? I would certainly say there is a very valuable degree of variability mm. in, the, in the care, in the education sort of processes, in, you know, that the, the clinical environment setups, you know, um, and I think that a lot of good stuff comes out of that variability. Um, you know, there, there is certainly, you know, similarities, um, you know, and, you know, there is some, you know, I, I'm most familiar with the New South Wales setting, um, but, you know, it's it's always challenging to, you know, to push my, my brain out to the, the national scope um, and starting to develop, um more understanding around the different states and how they're they're running, you know, either a transition sort of specialty program um, for you know, our critical care nurses, how they're dealing with the challenges um, because you've got your more rural, remote, or more um, population diverse states, you know, like your Western Australia's and, and Northern Territories and the like. And there's certainly um, more challenges that come out of that, um, yeah, that, that more diverse population sort of spread mm -hmm. um, and how they're meeting those challenges. And, and um, it is quite interesting uh, to, to have conversations with different states um, and see what we can uh, to, to say better, you know, what we can steal, what we can, you know, yeah. um, you know, borrow um, and, and try and, um, you know, get the best, you know, sort of, you know, um, education support for, for critical care across the whole nation, which is very exciting. And, you know, as the national body, do you get to just go and pick all those best bits and kind of go, like, we're packaged up all the best bits for everyone to learn from? Exactly. And, yeah. you know, but then I guess you've also got the challenges of you've got to meet all the different um, states' needs yeah, uh, to, you know, you know, um, there's different ways of doing things in different states. There's, um, I remember recently I was just looking at trying to define what an educator role was mm. across the nation. And there is a variety of different names for educators in every state award um, that, you know, and the, the, 
the you know the diversity that that then offers. Um, you know that Queensland's calls it, calling it this and Victoria's calling it that, and you know trying to make you know the idea was trying to make a, an education sort of community of practice um, sort of set up. Uh, it's like, well, who who do we want to bring to the table? Who is working in those education roles? Um, and you know there is certainly you know quite variability in, in that also. So it's exciting to, to you know, see all the, the diversity of the nation, but it's also quite challenging um, mm. at times. Mm, I can imagine. Uh, sounds fascinating though. So um, for any listeners who, you know, might be thinking that, um, you know, they, they're a bit interested in education, not quite sure, uh, any tips for them? Any, any sort of keywords of wisdom um, from someone who has been in this space for a while? Uh, look, I think like nursing, you know, to use the cliche, nursing is a passion and education is a passion too. You, you've got to want to share the knowledge. You've got to have the patience um, and the that, that sort of open personality to, um, to be an educator. And it starts with, you know, our nursing students, you know, we have bucket loads of them always coming through our, our hospital setting and you know we need to make them feel welcome and that is the role of the nurse in general but also the, the educator to you know to start you know um, their, their education journey their integration into the clinical environment from the, the day that they're doing their first placement um, so yeah it just if it's your passion, if it's something that you're interested in, then just just do it. Do it in your everyday. Um, you know, take. You know, you don't have to then you know, like um, you know avoid that the formal sort of you know. Oh, I want to put an in service together. I want to do this. No, just just teach another person. Um, and you know it, that snowball effect of you know practicing um, and you know and and sharing your knowledge um, and you know, you will then build that passion and then you can go on to further further studies and you know definitely doing some education study um, at the university level does I, I think cement that idea of um, the best principles of education and how we can best deliver it. Um, but, but certainly you can't go wrong in your day-to-day -day by just having a conversation with another nurse. Great advice. Start now in whatever you're doing. I think that sounds yeah. awesome. And I think it's a, you know, um, kind of goes full circle back to where we started about that kind of, um, you know, continuous learning as just a fundamental component of the nursing and midwifery professions, right? And so um, offering that learning to other people, I think really great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about all things critical care. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you might want to cover off that you want us to circle back to? I, I wanted to take the, the opportunity um, to uh, at least mention the the upcoming conference that the ACCCN is uh, is running. So um, down in Melbourne on the, the 19th and 20th of October, we're offering the annual education meeting, um, the AEM, uh, and it's supposed, you know, well, it is, it will be the, the, quite a spectacular uh, couple of days. Um, I'll be presenting down there um, on um, 
uh, the complex patient, so the, the shock patient, um, which is always quite a, uh, an interesting um, topic. Um, but I, I guess the biggest appeal for, for this conference, for, for me particularly, is that it does have a bit of an education focus to it. Um, there's certainly you know, a few workshops on that, creating the safe learning environment, um, uh, learning culture, well-being, and the like. And you know, I just want to encourage people, you know, as we, we sort of come out of COVID um, and we can start, start to socialise, the, the theme of the conference is getting back on track. Um, so just, you know, take the opportunity, uh, whether it's this conference, whether it's just a, another education opportunity that's sort of coming up, um, take the opportunity to, to do that networking, to do that learning um, and, and be you're always trying to, to be that professional development sort of cycle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It was fun. We'll be right back after a quick word about the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association's continuing professional education program. Did you know the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association has a new online CPD portal? With over 200 free online CPD courses across a wide range of nursing and midwifery topics, plus the ability to track your learning, it's definitely worth checking out. If you're a New South Wales NMA member, just log in to the member portal, Member Central, to access this program. And if you're not yet a member, make sure you join today. That's it for this episode of The Shift with Shay. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kylie and look forward to seeing you with more stories from the world of nursing and midwifery. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you have an interesting story you'd like to share with us, let us know by emailing us on the shift podcast at nswnma.asn.au.